What's up, everybody? Spring reports are back. I, I can't wait to... Oh, this is starting off wonderful. Great first show. Can't wait to dive back into these. Now, there are not a ton of relevant teams, I guess is the way I'll put it, that have started. There's although a bunch of them kick off this weekend and over the next couple of days, so we will definitely start getting a lot more news. Uh, but there are some teams, Michigan, SMU, Auburn, some of these bigger name schools that have kicked off their spring practice, went through a bunch of different practice reports, watched some videos on this stuff to get you guys some news. So here is the first edition of the spring practice reports for 2023. <music> We are going to start with Michigan, and a lot of this stuff you you have to take with a, I don't want to say a grain of salt, but we do need to, to recognize here, Michigan, while they have been practicing for about a week, a little over a week, they haven't done a ton of stuff in pads right now, but there has been a lot of talk about how good Cornelius Johnson has looked. Uh, the senior wideout has has apparently looked extremely impressive. Him and J.J. McCarthy just seem to be connecting on all different levels out there. They they The reports are that he is like taking a step up in his game. Looks like he's going to be a, a game-changing wide receiver for them. You know, we'll see. He's a guy that, that we all liked a couple years ago. Haven't really seen much, and I think it's it's fair to be a little bit hesitant on on buying into him because we haven't seen Michigan have this kind of like aired out offense. But he is getting a lot of hype right now uh, for what he has been doing. Uh, there have the coaches have been talking a backup quarterback orgy a little bit here as well, saying that they believe he's going to take another big step forward this year. Uh, so maybe the guy who takes over after McCarthy possibly leaves. Uh, you know, they are in on 2024 quarterback Jaden Davis, but he's not signed yet. So, you know, I don't know that you're excited about that either way with, with orgy um, because, you know, we just haven't seen these Michigan quarterbacks put up a ton of points for you in CFF, but it is important to have these guys probably rostered. So there's that uh, last little bit of news coming out here for Michigan is that freshman running back Cole Cabana is apparently fitting in nicely already specifically on the return team. I personally very excited about him. It does seem like uh, Donovan Edwards and CJ Stokes are the set in stone guys right now. Blake Corm still coming back from the injury. So I, I don't know that Cole Cabana sees a ton of work this year, but it is cool at least to see that he he's doing some work on the, on the return team. I, my hope is that he shows out there and is able to get at least some run in his freshman season. I don't expect him to really be uh, a guy for you on the CFF side or, or really anything outside of an injury because of just how good Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards are and how as cemented into their roles they are. Um, there really hasn't been much coming out on Auburn. I, I looked multiple different places. Didn't see much. We'll continue to monitor them, but not much to report today. I uh, did get some interesting stuff from Houston, though, who started a couple days ago. So a couple things on the running back position. We know Alton McCaskill tore his ACL at this point in time last year. It was, it was very early on in spring. And the reports are that we are likely not going to see much of him at all during this spring practice. They're bringing him on slowly um, toward the ACL again in his left knee. It was about 11 months ago at this point, a non-contact injury. Now, Dana Holgerson did say that he is back. He has not been cleared, uh, so you will not be seeing him out at spring much. Uh, they just want to be cautious with him, but he is running around and looking good in that. So, Looks like he's at least running, but they're taking things slow with him. 
we'll probably hear more about this after the summer when we get into those fall camps. That's when we'll really be paying attention to see what um, McCaskill is doing with this offense as they are taking him slow. So don't expect to hear much from him in the spring. The other issue we're having is, is the running back that they brought in from the transfer portal you will see in Brandon Campbell will miss all of spring as well as he had shoulder surgery. So right now they're relying on Stacy C. Sneed and Keelan Walker. I don't know that either one of those guys really matter for you for CFF purposes. We were hoping to see some Brandon Campbell in case he had to take the reins early on if McCaskill wasn't going to be ready. Just a lot of question marks right now, unfortunately, at the running back position. Moving over to the quarterback position, Danner Holgerson, at least right now, is saying that this will be a battle between Donovan Smith and sophomore Lucas Coley, who are the top two candidates in spring. Now, he has come out and said that, if, at least in his opinion, Coley is a little bit ahead based on at least being in the program for an entire year. He's a transfer from Arkansas. Um, he actually made his way up to the backup spot at one point in time last year and played a little bit in a couple games they believe right now he's got a, a little bit of an edge on Smith. Don't know if that lasts. As Smith does seem to be just the better quarterback overall, but he's got to come in there and look. And Hol- that's what Holgerson wants. He said he wants it to be a competitive battle, and so far it has been. Uh, so we'll watch that. I still expect Smith to eventually win out in this job, but should note that it is technically going to be a battle. Wide receiver position is going to be interesting as well here for Houston. We expect it to be the Matthew Golden show, but they did add Stefan Johnson from Oklahoma State and Joshua Cobbs from Wyoming. Cobbs was a guy that a lot of people thought had a chance to be something last year. We'll see if he's able to do something here. They did bring in uh, Michael Harrison Pilot, who is the fourth highest rated signee of all time or in school history. They are very excited about him, but it's definitely right now, the players running with the ones have been Matthew Golden, Joseph Manjack, and Samuel Brown. It seems like Golden is primed to take that big step forward, but we will see. There are definitely some people who are a little bit worried about that. I, I, I love Matthew Golden. I think he's going to be a great player. We'll see what happens. Next up, moving over to Kansas. Jalen Daniels is being watched very closely here through spring practice. Uh, Matt Gildersley talked yesterday, Gildersleeve. Sorry, talked yesterday. Um, they want to make this is his quote, Jaden Daniels bulletproof. Uh, they felt like during last season he took a lot of hits, got beat up, got injured, and they feel that's what kind of caused him to lose some of the games down the stretch. Uh, so they are limiting his practice reps. Uh, they want him to be. 100 percent they said right now he is 100 percent they want to make sure he's 100 percent heading into summer and heading into fall and they don't want him to have any kind of setback as they're continuing to work on his body to make sure he is completely ready for fall so there's reports that they're not expecting him to do a lot in this spring not get a lot of reps I think that really only matters, obviously, because and his name just jumped out of my head, but the backup quarterback, who also looked very good, might be getting a lot of reps, and, and we don't want anybody like, oh, man, he's out there doing all this stuff with the ones. He's going to be the guy over Jaden Daniels. No, Jaden Daniels is, is clearly set as the one. They're just not going to have him do much this spring. So there might not be much else we can take out of Kansas moving forward as they are. As they said, they have the bigger picture in mind with him. Those are the coach's words. We have the bigger picture in mind with him, and that's this is the 2023 season for Jaden Daniels. So we'll see what happens. I think Jalen Daniels is easily going to be the guy. 
Speaking of quarterback battles, we have an interesting one brewing at NC State. Now, they've only been there for a couple days, um, but what is very interesting here is that both of these guys in uh, Brennan Armstrong and MJ Moore. So Brennan Armstrong has worked with Robert and I before, transfers in here. Everybody's really excited about it. Morris looked really good last year at the end of the season and definitely has a lot of upside as well. Both are listed at 62210 on the NC State website, yet everybody is saying that Morris looks much bigger than him, much bigger than Brandon Armstrong, which is, you know, you wouldn't expect that with both of them being listed there. Um, but the big takeaway from this offense right now is that they are moving at a high pace offense, which is going, I think, going to be fun to watch for them. And it looks like at least right now that Armstrong has a lead um, on that he knows the offense is not really that surprising, um, but Morris has been running with the twos and Finley with the threes. They are saying it is a battle though. So I don't know that Armstrong has won it, but I, I imagine he's probably got a decent lead in because he knows the offense. And we've seen that that is a massive advantage for these quarterbacks. If they, if they come from that tree or they've been with that coach and in, in essence, he has before been with Robert and I, so he knows the offense. I, I think that, means Morris has really got to go out there and impress to try and pass up uh, Brandon Armstrong. But from reports are that he has looked good, although Armstrong has been with the ones. The wide receiver positions kind of getting called out here, though. So right now, Terrell Timmons Jr., Keon Leesane. Sorry, guys, I'm really bad with names. Dakari Collins and Anthony Smith. Oh, so Dakari Collins and Anthony Smith are running with the twos. Uh, Keon and Terrell Timmons are running with the ones. However... Nobody's really standing out. In fact, uh, from the reports, again, we're only a couple days into practice here for NC State, so maybe they turn it around. There's a lot of reports that they are not liking what they're seeing out of the wide receivers at all. In fact, there's been mentions that they may look for a wide receiver in the May 1 through May 15 transfer portal. What that That's big if you roster. I mean, really, I think the only guy probably being rostered is Takari Collins, who is, again, running with the twos at this point already. Not good. Maybe we don't know who this NC State wide receiver is going to be, which I do think matters because that that offense with Robert and I, they had one good wide receiver. Obviously, it's going to revolve around really Brandon Armstrong and his rushing, but if they do throw the ball a ton, you want that wide receiver. It doesn't sound like they have that guy on the roster currently, so that might be something to watch if, if a big-name guy enters the portal. Maybe NC State's going to be one of those landing spots that's going to be really good. It's definitely something to watch again. It's early, only a couple practices in, maybe that changes. But through both those days of practices, or the two practice days that they've had that they've been able to report on, it, it, the wide receiver room has apparently been extremely disappointing from all the reports that I read and from what the coaches said. Uh, only have a couple more teams to get through here with SMU and Missouri. We're going over to SMU first. Preston Stone is looking good. He has taken almost all the reps with the ones, with Padilla working with the twos, and uh, Jennings as well getting work with the twos. So they don't even have necessarily the backup quarterback uh, figured out yet. But uh, they said Padilla got maybe a handful of reps with the ones. It was a mostly Stone. With the first, you had Jordan Curley, Roderick Daniels, and Dixon Mucci running with the ones. But the most surprising player here, well, actually, we'll save that because Keyshawn Smith, who was transferred from Miami, is also running a little bit with the ones. Looked good, looked fluid out there, uh, but still working back from an injury. The most impressive player so far, two days in SMU camp here, Jackson Lavender, true freshman, who just signed on January 13th with them, 
has been running with the ones and seems to have a great connection with Preston Stone. He's been running with that group, with the Preston Stone group, which has been Jordan Curley, Roderick Daniels, and Dixon Mucci mixing in with that group and has apparently been extremely impressive. Uh, multiple reports, not just from 24-7, but down um, in uh, the SMU. I think it was the SMU Chronicle. I could be wrong. Methodist. I, I don't remember what it was. They were talking about him on threes, talking about him. Jackson Lavender is getting a lot of early buzz in what he's been doing at the wide receiver position. Moving over to the running backs. Uh, so Tyler Levine has seemed to be the, the number one guy. However, he is going to be out all of spring. He showed up day one with a big brace on his knee, and they've said that he is recovering. However, he did take some handoffs um, in the practice, so maybe he's going to be okay. Jalen Knighton looks good out there. He transferred in from Miami as well. Um, caught a couple passes out of the backfield. They said that they're going to try and make that more of a staple of the game this year and pass into the running backs. So that could be good for him. They said that he looked very fluid and smooth. But the big one, Kamar Wheaton. Um, now, you probably don't have many shares of Kamar Wheaton at this point. Uh, definitely had a lot of upside coming out a couple years ago. Just hasn't done anything. He has not been at practice at all. Now, we have not had any talks about why head coach will be, uh, I believe has a press conference on Saturday. This is being recorded on a Friday night. So we haven't heard anything, but the rumor around there is that we are looking at another extended absence for Kamar Wheaton. He is still with the team, but he is focusing with some stuff off the field. Um, there has been reports that it might unfortunately be a, a death in a family. So, so prayers up to, to the Wheaton family and having to deal with that. They don't believe he is leaving the program, but he's working through some things. So he has not been on the field, um, which, you know, from the fantasy perspective is not great. We, we unfortunately, is immensely talented as he has a chance to be. We just haven't been able to see him put it all together. Um, and there's no report on when he'll be back at camp. So right now it looks like, you know, rumors are he could miss the entire spring. We don't know what's going to happen with Kamar Wheaton. We don't know what's going to happen with this running back room. Right now it could be Jalen Knight and, Hopefully, Levine is good to go, but right now, we know he's going to miss all the practice uh, all spring as well, so it might be the Jalen Knighton show all spring here for SMU. Last but not least, Missouri. So if you follow Nate Marquise on Twitter, which I suggest you do at CFF Nate, he posted a couple days ago uh, about Sam Horn, who got injured, uh, his throwing arm in a game. He also plays on the baseball team, also has a chance to be Missouri's starting quarterback. But it seems like he's going to be good. Reports are that he was going to throw on Saturday. They were hoping he was going to go throw Thursday. He did not. Reports are that he will hopefully throw Saturday. Uh, since he has not been throwing and Braden Cook, I'm sorry, uh, Cook has been coming back from a shoulder injury as well. There were pictures of him extending his arms above so the shoulder injury is, is recovering. Jake Garcia has been taking all the first-team snaps. I think Jake Garcia has got a chance to, to win that job. I have been uh, someone who's been very high on Garcia uh, from his freshman season. He has flashed apparently really good uh, passes over the middle into crossing routes. Has looked really good in the early practices, specifically throwing the ball to Luther Burden and Mookie Cooper. Those two have been the two standouts. They've also been the two main guys with the ones. The other has been Demarion Peanut Houston, who is a red shirt senior. He missed most of last year because of an injury, but has been running with the ones along with Burden and Cooper. You know, we'll see. I really hope that this Missouri offense is able to take a step forward, whether that's with Cook, 
Horn or Garcia at quarterback. They've got weapons. I really hope that they try and open this up a little bit. Um, Oklahoma transfer Theo Weiss Jr. Ole Miss transfer Dennis Jackson have been running with the second teams and catching passes um, from Label. Don't know how to say his name, but that's the current backup quarterback because, again, Sam Horn, Brady Cook are injured, but both of those guys will be back at some point in time, and we'll, we'll see if there's actually a battle here for the quarterback position or whether they just give it back to Cook. I would not be surprised if this is not a battle between Garcia and Cook. Um, Horn, as much as I liked him, did his profile for the for the freshman guy last year, talked about I thought he had a lot of upside, specifically how you know much velocity he had in that arm, which you can see is, as, as good of a pitcher as he is. But it kind of feels like if he's going to be doing both, he may be sitting a little bit behind uh, Cook and Garcia. We'll see who gets that starting job again. I really hope that Missouri offense can take a step forward. That is going to do it for Spring Reports Episode 1 here. I'm going to pull up because there's a ton of schools that kick off uh, this weekend. So, like, Monday's show could be a lot of fun. We could have a lot of updates for you. I know a couple of them are Washington Texas kicks off this weekend. USC kicks off this weekend. Here we go. I found it. And I want to give you guys an exact. So February 3rd, which was today, the Boston College kicked off. There wasn't much on there. So Boise State, I couldn't find much on. So hopefully we'll be able to find more over the weekend. But kicking off on Saturday, March 4th, Florida, Miami, Indiana, USC, North Carolina, all kick off this weekend. North Carolina on Sunday, then on Monday, BYU, Cincinnati, Fresno State, USF, Clemson, UTSA, Washington, Rice, Kentucky, Florida State, Texas, and Troy. Then Mississippi State, Ohio State, Kansas State, LSU, Oregon State, Northwestern. They everybody's getting like within this next week or so, all the big name schools are going to be kicking off. So we're going to be diving head in. Don't know if we'll do this every day, but we'll definitely do it at least three times a week. Maybe do an extra one on the weekends if I have a little bit more time. Uh, but I want to give you guys as much as I can. Make sure to look out for this on the podcast feed as well. I will try to put that on there. And I'm going to try and do an article every week recapping everything that I talked about. Maybe do it every other day. We'll see. You guys tell me what you want. Drop in the comments. Do you want... Do you want an article every other day on these spring practice reports? You want it once a week? How you guys want it in the podcast? I will try and bring you guys this news as much as possible. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and enjoy your weekend. What's up, everybody? We're back for another episode of Spring Practice Reports. We've got a pretty good set of reports for you guys today. As I mentioned on Friday's show, we have a ton of schools kicking off. Uh, today's the 6th, 7th. We've got even more, including Ohio State, Mississippi State. I believe it's like eight more schools kicking off. Now, with that being said, I'm recording this sort of early in the afternoon um, on March 6th. So some of these reports haven't quite come through yet. So for some teams like Troy and some others that kicked off today on the 6th, I, I didn't quite find enough notes, so I'll pu probably push those till the 7th. And then... With a lot of these schools kicking off back-to-back -back days, I'll try and do these every day. And as we start moving forward, because some teams will tell you know practice one day off, practice another day, we'll move these to every other day. But I did want to uh, try and get a bunch of these in today. So we're going to start with Florida. 
Now, they started on the 4th. They've only had one practice since then, and there wasn't much talked about in that practice. Uh, the most notable things is that Billy Napier spent most of his times with the quarterbacks, and, and per his quote, he expects the winner of this quarterback job to kind of be the leader of the offense and the team. No real talk about who that's going to be. We expect it to be Graham Mertz, just based on what we saw out of Jack Miller in that bowl game. Uh, but as of right now, they're not leaning either way. Apparently, Bernie did make a couple nice plays in the practice. Didn't really see much from Jack Miller. Uh, the only other players really getting any praise whatsoever in the spring practice uh, so far was Ricky Parasol, Trevor Etienne, and Montrell Johnson. It seems like they are building this offense around those three, and it does seem like it is still going to be a committee, at least based on the early one practice report here in the running back room between Etienne and Montrell Johnson. Obviously, you know, Etienne really seemed to take control of that backfield toward the end of the year and really look like the better player, but they're still leaning on Montrell. He got just as many carries in practice, and, and they say he looked amazing. Moving on over to Boston College. Not much here either. All the talk came from head coach. Uh, my God, his name just jumped out of my head. So we're not, he's at Ohio State too. And why I cannot remember for the life of me, his name is going to drive me crazy. But he was praising current transfer in UCF wide receiver Ryan Okifu. He said he believes is potentially the fastest player in the ACC, and that has been showing up in practice. He is excited about Jeff Halfley. I knew I was going to get it eventually. Jeff Halfley. He is excited about Ryan O'Keefe being there. He was just praising him a ton with how fast he was and how good he looked in practice. Sticking in the ACC, Miami. They are getting hit with injuries this spring. So they have upwards of 20 players out currently. The main ones for us, tight end Elijah Royo. Obviously, running back Trevante Citizen is still not back yet. Um, they did not say if they're going to miss all of spring. But as of right now, these guys are not in practice. A lot of offensive linemen and defensive players. Again, they had upwards of 20 players that were counted missing from the first spring practice. However, there are some exciting news. The offense was running much different than last year based on all the reports coming out of them. And we know that Sean Dawson has come over and is going to hopefully make this into a more pass-friendly and quick-hitting offense, and that showed in the first practice. There was a lot of quick passing from the quarterbacks. They had bubble passes to the wide receivers, and they had the quarterbacks getting the ball out quickly in rapid-fire manner. They had the offense spread out and that they wanted the media and everybody there to see that this is their goal and plan this year. They want to spread the defense out and get the ball out quickly while also pushing the ball deep, incorporating some modern spread offense type stuff into this offense. If that's the case, Tyler Van Dyke could have a really bounce back year. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, we all know. Anybody who's been following this channel knows that Felix Sharp was very high on and just had a bad year. Maybe that was because of Gaddis. It really seems like they're trying to change this offense and, and kind of make it a more modern offense. I will say that from Coach Dawson and from Cristobal, Emory Williams has looked really good, and they're reportedly giving him a shot to win this job now. I don't know. It, it sounds like possibly just coach talk here. I imagine he's really just competing to get the backup job, but all the talk in the first practice was that he is there and he looks the part. He is ready to go and looked really good passing the ball deep in this offense. 
I still think it's Tyler Van Dyke's offense, but I do think it's good that Emory Williams, who just signed with them in the early signing day window, you know, they didn't really seem that upset in losing Rashada because they had Emory Williams. And the reports that he's already looking good and looking the part in practice, I think is a good thing, at least for the Miami Hurricanes future. I kind of think this is just coach talk, though. I, I can't imagine Emory Williams is going to take this job from Tyler Van Dyke, but I do think it is a good thing overall that this offense is pushing this, especially with as bad as it looked last year. On over to USC. Not much to talk about here. There are only one practice at the time of this recording, but the main takeaways were Zachariah Branch was extremely impressive. He made a couple one-handed catches in practice, including a couple over-the-shoulder catches showing off how great his ball tracking was. The bigger thing, though, there's two things in the quarterback room. Malachi Nelson was spotted throwing the ball a little bit, so that is good earlier this offseason. If you missed it, he was in a sling. Um, weren't sure how you know quickly he was going to get back, if he was going to kind of be the third stringer behind Miller Moss. He's already throwing. That's good. The biggest news, obviously, if you missed it, Steve Wilfong and I believe Blair Angulo both crystal balled D Dylan Rayola to the Trojans. Top-rated quarterback in the 2024 class. Many picture him to be the best quarterback. If he was in this class, I feel like he'd have been the best quarterback. We'll see if he actually goes there. That, that'll be big news for something to track later on down the line. But obviously, if that's the case, I mean, that that's going to be an interesting battle for the Trojans with, with Nelson and Rayola in the future. Moving on over to North Carolina, Drake May looked great. They said he looked relaxed. Obviously, we know how good he is. Looked really good. But here's the interesting thing. We loved Connor Harrell last year as the quarterback to probably be the future there once Drake May moves on. Only one practice in, but true freshman Tad Hudson was reportedly having the best passing day out of the three quarterbacks and had some passes that had not only the coaches, but the fans and the media in attendance saying, wow. We'll see what happens. We did not write him up um, for the guide, but he is apparently at least one practice in being very er, impressing the coaches and everybody there. For the running backs, we know this is going to be a very intriguing running back battle with everybody there. Petaway and Hampton apparently both looked really good. Petaway looked the best in this practice. Um, did get a handful of not only um, more impressive runs, but actually some catches as well. Uh, they did say that Green looked well as well, but if they had to rate the three, it would have been Petaway, Hampton, Green in that order. The wide receiver room, I know this is going to make some of our group here. As they are calling him Tez Walker, Devontez Walker, they said is going to be a serious problem for ACC defenses. He looked incredible, and they had him in the slot a ton. Dre um, did also uh, looked pretty good, and they said, I'm um, sorry, Gavin Blackwell was in the slot. Dre looked pretty good on the outside as well, and they said Gavin Blackwell looked pretty good as well, likely going to be the third option there, but he had a couple dropped passes, um, which is going to be big. They, he's got to hold on to the ball if he wants to hold on to that starting job. Boise State, Talon Green, the, the true freshman last year who came on late in the season, um, switched his number to zero, which is, is actually kind of interesting to me. Um, but he has taken a, a more mind approach, the, the mind part of the game approach this offseason, trying to study tape more often and learning how to call plays out. Latrell Caples, who seems to be the beneficiary of that, they've been working together and watching more tape connected on a couple deep passes today. He has praised Green and what he's done in the film room this offseason. Could be an interesting duo there at Boise State, knowing that Green is now going to be the starter there. And, of course, our guy, Ashton Gianti, they raved about. Said he looked explosive in practice. 
this is you know what I'm going to save the Texas for the big. I've got a lot of Texas stuff. Thank God, right for Texas, one of the teams that I mean they're covered very well. Obviously, being a big name, but like they put all their stuff out there. It's very easy to find information on. Going up to Washington, Penix looked good. Water is wet. He was actually connecting a lot with J, a lot more with Jalen Polk in this practice. Um, the tailback who was getting the most run with the ones was Cameron Davis. Now. This was all a non-pad practice in the first practice, so a lot of this stuff, obviously, Penix and, and them, none of them were in pads, but Cameron Davis was the one with the ones. Going over to Florida State, Winston Wright was apparently the most impressive performer on the day. Uh, he was routinely getting separation in one-on-ones and had a couple nice catches over the middle. I, I'm going to butcher this guy's names, but Kentron Poitzer also looked very smooth. They said that his size and athleticism showed up really well. He was really good at controlling the ball in the air, Um, had a couple really good drills. The best quarterback on the day, though, was A.J. Duffy. They said he looked the best. Now, this is not a quarterback battle. Jordan Travis is going to be the guy. But I do think it's a good thing for the Florida State Seminoles' future that A.J. Duffy was looking good. And I have to shout out. Vandrevious Jacobs apparently was extremely impressive in his first day. They said he looked very controlled, a lot of attacking the ball in the air and catching it and adjusted it when the ball went up. He went up and got it. They said he was playing bigger than his listed 175. But we have to go over to Texas. All the talk with the Adam Schefter tweet. I'm just going to start right there. The actual quote from one head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, said, and I quote, redshirt freshman Malik Murphy and true freshman Arch Manning can push Quinn Ewers for the job that he won last August if they're up for it. Not Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers are battling for the starting quarterback job. So avoid the clickbait. I posted that out there. It's really not that hard to find. You can go to 247sports.com. Steve Sarkeesian gave an interview. That's the literal quote right there. So it is not necessarily that Arch is battling Quinn for the job. Arch and Malik Murphy are going to be pushing Quinn to possibly try and get the job. I hate clickbait. It's really annoying. That's the actual quote. So hopefully that puts a little bit more perspective in this. Clearly, this is Quinn's job, at least as of right now. Everything from what we've heard day one here is that he looked really good. Impressive in the window that they were out there. Um, had a couple really good passes over the middle um, to Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and actually connected with not only Adonai Mitchell, but Jonte Cook deep as well. Really good passes. They said he looked he looked impressive out there. You could see it looked like the guy they saw early on last year. Isaiah Nayor did not participate today. He is still recovering from the torn ACL. That is not good. You, you would hope that he was ready to go out there. We're about 12 months removed. He tore it, obviously, in spring camp last year. But we'll see what happened. Cook, Moore, and Whittington were catching everything in their drills. Both Worthy and Adonai Mitchell were the only ones who suffered drops in this practice. And I'm going to address something with Worthy here in a minute. Um, Arch Manning ran with the second team as Malik Murphy is not throwing right now. Hopefully they said that he'll be ready to go in the next couple days. Did not say what was going on with him. Adonai Mitchell was running with the twos as well. And uh, him and Arch connected on a couple really deep passes. 
Jonathan Brooks is still recovering from hernia surgery. So Jadon Blue got the first rep. Cedric Baxter followed him uh, by Savion Red. And then Keelan, uh, Keelan Robinson was the last uh, guy in that thing. Now, they said he was late to practice. Maybe that's why. Um, but reports were that both Cedric Baxter and Jadon Blue looked really good running with the ones. Again, Jonathan Brooks probably the number one there, but is still recovering from hernia surgery. Xavier Worthy. Reports are, this is from Sark in that same interview where he talked about Arch and Malik Murphy being behind Quinn but can't push him for the job. He did say that Xavier Worthy was playing with a broken hand last year. So maybe that is why he suffered so many drops. You know, let's cut him a little bit of slack based on that. I've had a broken hand before. I know how difficult that is. That could be why he suffered the kind of slow step back last year. Don't Don't want to give him you know, cut him with complete slack here. But I do think that's a big deal that he was, he was playing with a broken hand. They, he, the quote was he was playing with a broken hand for almost all of 2022. And that is why Sark believed he struggled with drops, especially in crucial parts in the game. So let's cut him a little bit of slack there. It's all the, the spring notes that I have for you guys today. I'm going to start putting these in article forms as well. So you guys can read these on the website. All of them will come together at the end of the week for a podcast session as well. And I will be back on Tuesday to kind of cover the other teams that started on the six that didn't have any notes up and some on March 7th. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. So you don't miss any of this content. We'll be back again tomorrow. What's going on, everybody? We are back with another spring practice report video. My name is Matthew Bruning. Uh, we are going to run through a couple of different schools today. Uh, most of these schools have gotten through at least two or three practices. Some of these have just hit their first practice either today or yesterday. Um, and a lot of schools are actually getting ready to wrap up kind of like their first part of spring practices. Some of these schools are heading into spring break where they will take an entire week off before coming back and really getting into it and really kind of allowing us to get some nuggets out of this is as some of these teams haven't even really put pads on yet. They've kind of just been wearing shells. Um, so there maybe not a ton that you can glean from some of this stuff, but we're going to do what we can. And we are going to start with the Texas Longhorns. If you've been watching social media, you have probably seen at least one, if not multiple videos of one freshman wide receiver, John Tay cook, the second, and on Wednesday, he looked phenomenal. Reports are that he had the best burst off the line of scrimmage and just seems to be providing something to this Texas wide receiver room that they have been lacking for multiple years, is the reports. I think Austin Nace, one of the co-founders here at, at Campus to Canton, said probably a couple months ago, I want to say he said it on Twitter, he might not have, so that he thought Jonte Cook could lead this team in receiving as a true freshman. I don't know that he'll lead the team in receiving. I do think he's probably going to be at least the second best receiver. I mean, we still don't know when Isaiah Nayor is coming back. He is not practicing, still dealing with that knee injury. We know Xavier Worthy, you know, had his ups and downs last year. Maybe that was because of the broken hand. I, you know, I don't know. I, I can't confirm that. It definitely was more drops, but I also you know, he struggles tracking the ball and a broken hand doesn't affect you in doing that. Jonte Cook has just looked phenomenal from everything we're hearing. I mean, they're talking about how fast he is in and out of his breaks. You know, his, his route running looks pristine. They're, they're calling him saying he's got lightning quick feet. I mean, they are doing nothing but praising this dude in, in a room that again has savior worthy, who many people believe is going to be a first round pick in 2024. 
I just think that speaks tons to how good this freshman is. I think he's going to be on the field in game one as a starter, and I'm excited for him. I think he's going to be really good. Moving over to the quarterbacks really quick, um, it really seems like this has kind of become, not that this wasn't unexpected, but the Ewers-Manning stuff, like it, it is just going to be about these two guys. Um, so the reports were that Ewers looked really good in the beginning part of practice. Um did miss on a few deep shots, which we saw him doing games last year. But as the things went on, he got really sharp and, and really started to connect on those. Uh, the reports were that Manning was really good, extremely sharp in the intermediate and short area, but kind of struggled going deep down the field. So we'll see. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but it is good enough. Maybe he's still trying to kind of figure out these wide receivers as he is obviously kind of new with the team. Uh, but all the reports are those two are clearly well ahead of everybody else. Um, you know, Malik Murphy has still not practiced yet. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know who the four string quarterback is, so it's not that surprising. However, there was one more player who was drawing rave reviews in practice on Wednesday. This is from Wednesday's practice. One J Don Blue who juked linebacker Jalen Ford out of his shoes in a wheel route and just looked phenomenal, specifically in the receiving game. But so did Cedric Baxter Jr., which I did want to point out. Many were not sure what he was going to do in the receiving game. We did not see a ton of that in film. While Jadon Blue definitely looked, they said, the best out of all the running backs and all the practice, a lot of these guys that were watching this were very pleasantly surprised by Cedric Baxter's receiving ability in the receiving part of those drills. Now should take into a factor of this definitely kind of leans toward the running backs with, with the kind of um, reps that they were doing apparently because the running backs know exactly where going in the routes, but it was more the hands that Cedric Baxter showed. So stock up for Jade on blue and Cedric Baxter still expecting Jonathan Brooks to be the leader in that backfield, but it looks like they've got three really good options. Moving on over to Washington, there's still not much going on here. Um, they're still in shells. They did go practice outside uh, today. Um, and the reports are that both quarterbacks struggled a little bit here. Michael Penix threw an interception with his first pass. Dylan Morris also threw an interception. This seems to be more, though, because of the pressure the defensive line was getting on the quarterbacks. They were just destroying this offensive line, which is not necessarily what you want to hear. It's still early. Maybe this is getting turned around as Washington is. I would imagine by the time the season gets here, going to be projected as one of the Pac-12 favorites because of what they are returning on offense and defense, but not great that their defensive line was really kind of tearing up that offensive line and causing issues for both quarterbacks. Moving over to Ohio State. Kyle McCord took all of the reps with the ones outside of one set that did go to Devin Brown. Uh, both looked impressive. Though Kyle McCord did throw an interception. I did not see that Devin Brown did. So I guess Devin Brown does have that up on him in this week or in this practice report. Um, but we'll see if they mix that up. I mean, Ryan Day has said that while McCord is ahead of Devin Brown, he has said it's a competition. Um, and so far through a couple of days in practice, it sounds like Kyle McCord is getting most of the run with the ones and Devin Brown is getting just a few uh, go there with goes with the ones. Um, a positive report though, both Emeka Egbuka and Julian Fleming were working on the sideline. And uh, Brian Hartline did say today that he expects them to be back by the end of spring, which is good news. We thought they were not coming back until fall. Uh, not that we need to see anything out of either one of those guys. I think we kind of know what they are. Um, I do think this speaks more to like these second-year wide receivers and, and Caleb Brown and Keon Grays. 
they need to do some Kojo and we, they need to do something. They need to do something quick because if Mecca and Fleming are coming back, it's limiting the amount of reps that they're going to get in practice. Um, kind of a funny story here. So Travion Henderson had to get yanked off the field. He tried to jump in and do some running back drills, um, still in and out of a boot recovering from the foot surgery. But, um, I would imagine if he's out there trying to go through drills, he's, he's progressing just fine. Uh, I have not seen anything on if they're expecting him back in spring. I'd imagine he's probably not coming back till fall. And I didn't want to just address one thing on the, the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing. I know he addressed it as well, but if you didn't see it, everyone just relax. There was a video of him catching punts, and everybody's like, how can you put the best wide receiver in college football back returning punts? Guys, he was just practicing catching. That's all he was doing. He wanted to get more practice catching the balls coming from different and and, and weird angles compared to catching it from a quarterback. That's all he was doing. He's not returning punts this year. Um, I tried, you know, in our work Slack, I explained that to some of the people. They did the same thing last year. Um, he actually did the same thing last year. Tom and Travion Henderson did as a freshman. Like, it's just to give him a little bit more extra reps catching the ball. Moving over to LSU. This one is a little bit interesting to me. So not a lot came out of this practice. They did start up today, March 9th, the day of this recording. But the reports are that Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels are expected to split first-team reps. But as of now, Daniels is the starter. And it seems like there's this kind of weird internal battle at LSU and how much first-team reps they should give Garrett Nussmeyer. It's going to be very intriguing to see what happens here. I mean, obviously, Jaden Daniels, for fantasy, had a really good season. I think you could argue for LSU as well. They won multiple games. They upset Alabama, you know, double-digit win record. Not something at least I was expecting out of LSU this year. But I don't think it's unfair to say that in that bowl game when Garrett Nussmeyer came in, I'm sorry, in the SEC championship game, when, when Garrett Nussmeyer came in, the team just looked a little bit better, and he clearly looked like the better passer. I don't know that he's going to start over Jaden Daniels in week one, but I do think this is definitely something worth monitoring. Um, Trey Holly and Noah Kane are the only two running backs currently available for the team. Um, John Emery uh, has been reported by Brian Kelly earlier today, said he needs to focus on his academics before he gets back on the field. So we'll see what happens there in the running back room. One cool note I did want to mention here from LSU is 2024 quarterback Colin Hurley, who is top, I believe he's top 10. I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me. Uh, but he is at practice and will be all week as he is in or on spring break in his high school. And he is there with the program trying to kind of get used to what the play calling is going to be like and just the atmosphere in general. I do think that's kind of cool that he's already there and, and kind of being with the team. Now, he's not practicing. He's not doing any of that. He's on the sidelines, but just getting to kind of learn all that and see it i think it for first like in first person i think is really cool um and everyone's kind of favorite tight end breakout this year Ma mason tyler i don't know if you guys did know i did not know this i just found out today is actually out for all of spring so not great but he's still going to be i think a, a massive fantasy guy this year staying in the sec and going over to arkansas nothing really Practice notes-wise, there was nothing released. They did, however, update some weight changes for the team. I just kind of wanted to bring those to your guys' attention. So Raheem Sanders is now up 10 pounds, listed at 6'2", 237. A.J. Green is down 3 pounds, now listed at 5'11", 205. Wide receivers, Sam Mbake is up 1 pound, now listed at 6'3", 203. And Isaiah Satenga is now up 5 pounds, listed at 5'11", 178. Going over to the AAC in Cincinnati, um, not much was talked about here from the quarterbacks except for 
Well, Henry Jones was getting the most pub, um, just having the best day so far. He got the most, as uh, the quote went, oohs and ahs um, from the media and everybody that was there watching practice. We'll see what happens. Uh, third team, I believe, in the third year for Emory Jones. But let's be honest, Ben Ben Bryant was actually not horrible last year. Evan Prater, Evan Prater was not at all impressive. So we'll see what happens. I imagine this is still fairly open quarterback battle, but but nothing else was really said about the quarterbacks outside of Emory Jones impressing. The running back uh, battle, though, here, Miles Montgomery was the one getting the run with the ones, and reports were that he looked good. However, Corey Kiner was said to have looked the best out of both of those in practice and seems to have slimmed down a little bit. Now, I could not find a listed weight on him, um, but he apparently has slimmed down, doesn't look as big, and looked fairly explosive in practice. Um, last but not least, Washington State transfer Donovan Ali has strung together two good practices for the Cincinnati Bearcats um, and is making a name for himself for these one-handed and sideline catches. So we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, Cincinnati seemed to kind of be lacking that guy last year. Maybe Donovan Ali is going to be the one who steps up. He had a really good spring with Washington State last year from what I remember. Moving on over to Florida, not much to report here except for the offensive line. Got a ton of love from Billy Napier and some of the other coaches. Uh, just talking about how well they slowed down the defense today and how well they protected for Jack Miller and Graham Mertz. Speaking of Graham Mertz, he is also getting a lot of love from his teammates and the coaching staff on just how much he has improved daily and his overall work ethic. Still no reports on how he's looked in spring, um, but – Hey, coaching staff and teammates are praising you. I think we all kind of expect Mertz to be the starter. We just don't know exactly what this offense is unfortunately going to look like. Last but not least, we're going to go to the North Carolina Tar Heels, who have quite a little bit of notes here. This is what I, I love teams like this. Texas, UNC, Ohio State. You go and you can find all kinds of notes on these teams. I wish all teams were covered this way. So let, let's dive into it really quick. Tez Walker, for a second day in a row, has looked phenomenal. Extremely big, extremely fast. He has stood out against this wide receiver group by far the best so far. If I worried you with my last report on Nate McCollum, who a lot of people, the, the transfer from Georgia Tech, who a lot of people thought was going to be in the slot and looking really well. Gavin Blackwell was in that in game one. Well, Nate McCollum looks solid out there, though Doc Chapman was ahead of him today in the slot. I mentioned Tad Hudson uh, on the last report video looking really good. Same thing again today. They talked about how great his arm looked. I mean, he is he looks like ease, apparently, throwing the ball down the field. However, there has been now some comments about how his footwork looks, especially when he's following up Drake May. He ran mostly with the threes today with Connor Hill running with the twos, whereas Tad Hudson was running with the twos in the last report. Running backs. Uh, Elijah Green got the run with the ones. Amarian Hampton was going with the twos today. And George Pett, or I'm sorry, Amarian Hampton was behind Green running with the ones. George Pettit was with the twos as he was paired with Connor Harrell. So with the receivers, we've got a little bit of somewhat some clarity, or at least for this practice, on, on what it looked like. Drake May had Elijah Green with him running with the ones. Kobe Pesor was running in the slot with Gavin Blackwell and Devontae Walker on the outside. Um, they did have Nesbitt in some at the uh, at tight end, and they moved him around 
We all love Bryson Nesbitt. He was a guy we talked a lot about in the spring last year. Um, so he did not stick around in the tight end position. Matter of fact, when they had two tight ends out there, it was Morales that was up there as the traditional tight end blocking, and they moved Nesbitt around to the outside and into the slot. So just wanted to point that out. He was being very versatile. Um, Nate McCollum was a slot wide receiver on the second team offense with Connor Harrell flanked by Andre Green and John Copenhover. So just wanted to point that out. And I did forget to mention, and, and I, I should have brought this up with, um, goodness gracious. Who was it? Texas. Uh, really quick before we get out of here, Savion red wide receiver last year, true freshman wide receiver last year. Steve Sarkeesian has said he plans on using him like a Debo Samuel. He has converted to running back and has been running with the running back, but they do plan on still putting him out there as a wide receiver at times and kind of using him that way. So maybe an interesting stash. I thought that could be a role Ryan Niblett took. Um, the true freshman wide receiver that signed with them is he's an explosive athlete, but does struggle catching the ball. Uh, he has not yet joined them. So it looks like Savion Red might be in that role. Going to be fairly interesting. So that will do it for us today. I don't know that I'm going to have one on Friday. Um, we'll see what happens. I've got a lot of stuff going on. But I will try and get to one over the weekend as a lot of these schools, again, as I mentioned, they're about to head in their spring break. So they're all kind of wrapping up this first set of practices before they take a break for spring break and come back. Uh, so if this is the last you see of me for the next couple of days, guys, enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back with these at least. If I don't come back with a Friday or Saturday one, I for sure will be back probably with a massive Monday one. My goal is to get you guys one more by the end of the week. Everybody have a great weekend. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Spring Practice Reports. It's March 13th. It's going to be probably a little bit of a slower week this week due to a lot of schools going on spring break. That They start these practices, uh, get like three or four in, then hit spring break, then they come back. And some of these schools still have yet actually had a padded practice, but I was able to still pull some really intriguing notes from late last week over the weekend and then a couple today uh, before a lot of these schools kick off to, to uh, their spring break. So let's check it out. All right, we are going to start with Arkansas, where Jacoby Criswell from North Carolina had transferred over there, and we were kind of hoping that he was going to go somewhere else. As we know, K.J. Jefferson is kind of the solidified starter there as of now. Well, Jacoby Criswell hasn't even gotten the backup job yet. Now, it is still early, but Cade Fortin, who was the backup last year, has returned and, and honestly has apparently played better so far than Jacoby Criswell now. That being said, Criswell doesn't really know the offense, and he is still learning it. Both him and Malachi Singleton, uh, one of the freshmen that a couple of us like here, um, both did get some work with the second group, but they are, it seems, locked in to the three and four right now with Cade Fortin locked in as the backup. There is a real battle here for the backup at the uh, backup running back position here with Rashad DeBinion and A.J. Green. Now, Green was the second back today to take the field for Arkansas. DeBinion did the other day. So it seems to still be a battle behind who is going to take that backup spot behind Raheem Sanders, uh, but definitely an interesting one to watch out for there. They did release the way that their wide receivers are set up. So I'm going to give you guys kind of that right now. Um, on the outside, you have got at the X, you've got Samuel Mbake, Tyrone Borden, Andrew Armstrong, Landon Rogers. That is the current top four for them. On the other outside spot, Jaden Wilson, Isaiah Tesla, Chris Harris, and then Khalil Garot. 
And then in the slot, Isaiah Satenia starting in the slot with Bryce Stevens, Stevens and then Cameron Bibby. So those are your right now early projected depth charts and how they've been running in the Arkansas offense. Moving on over to Clemson. Not a much to not much to go for here. There's not been a ton to report on. We do know um, this came out like right as I was recording um, the other day for Clemson, so I didn't get a chance to report on. It, but Adam Randall is dealing with another issue in his knee. We don't really know any other updates, at least not that I've been able to find. So that that sucks for a guy who we had pretty highly rated in our freshman supplemental guide last year. Obviously. You know, we know did something to his knee. Came back pretty quickly if that was an ACL injury. But regardless, did something. Looks like he's had another setback so far. We'll see if hopefully he's able to bounce back from that. Um, but haven't heard much else besides that. I did mention on the last episode that um, Christopher Vizina was not necessarily impressing. Well, that has changed since that last episode. Garrett Riley has come out and said that he is fun to watch. He is a big kid and he is eager and mentally sharp. Uh, Riley did go on to say that while everything looks kind of fast to him and you'd expect that from a new quarterback, he does not seem phased when he makes a mistake. He's very poised in the individual skill sets and he there's a lot to love about him. Again, he's been poised very on, which is really good for a young quarterback. So Christopher Rosina getting some love from new offensive coordinator Garrett Riley. We'll see what that means for him moving forward. Obviously, this is Kay Klubnik's job. He's not going anywhere. Moving on over to USC. This one was kind of interesting to me. So their last practice was Saturdays. I believe they are on spring break this week. There may be one other practice, uh, but there's not a lot that you get to see. Um, so we're going to have to hope that the coaches report something. There's not. It's not open to anybody this week. As far as I know, I believe there's practice on Tuesday is what they were saying. Malachi Nelson is getting some Randall Cunningham comps at, at USC practice, which is intriguing to me. I, I didn't think Malachi was that kind of level athlete. At least from what I remember, Randall Cunningham was a pretty good runner. But that, that's what they've been kind of comping him to a practice. Uh, they've said that him and Caleb Williams have been linked at the hip. Malachi doing everything he can to learn from Caleb, which, again, you love to see from a young quarterback, especially as he's talented as Malachi is um, and wanting to learn that offense. Uh, we expect him to be the future of the Trojans offense. Early on practice reports, if they mean anything, especially with the possibility and the possible openings here at the Trojan wide receiver room, we could see Zachariah Branch playing a lot as a freshman. He just continues to impress, and obviously his speed from everything I've read and listened, I listened to a podcast about it today, talk about that. It, it's just, he's dynamic. He You can see the difference of speed he brings on the field compared to everybody else in that wide receiver room. You know, I honestly thought it might be Makai Lemon who's that freshman that really kind of stands out for the USC Trojans. But it looks like Branch is that guy, and he has been extremely fun to watch from all the reports. Um, last but not least, the transfer from the other USC, Marshawn Lloyd has apparently stood out in a major way at practice at well. as well. Moving over to Oregon State. Now, this is going to be a long one again. Oregon State, one of my favorite schools because they do in-depth coverage of their spring practice. They, they, they don't kick media or other people out. They allow these people to stay in for a long time. It's, it's a lot of fun to get these little nuggets here. So they did multiple different sets here, 11-on-11s, 11 11, then they went to 7-on-7s, seven then 11-on-11s 11 again. And 11-on-11s, 11 11, Ben Branson was the only one who practiced with the ones. Um, he had two incompletions out of the five, uh, but looked good hitting players that were wide open. 
at the twos. DJU went three for four and looked much better in this practice than he did the last one, which is great to see. Um, did not throw a touchdown, but did look a lot better. With the threes, again, Aiden Childs started off with a great pass and then was uh, did have an interception as well, but used his legs to make a great off-balance throw. Moving on over to the seven-on-sevens, Bengal Branson again, the only one with the ones, went five for six, looked much better in the seven-on-sevens. With the twos, DJU, again, looked really good, but did throw an interception. And then with the threes, Aiden Child started off looking the best out of all of them with the five, four, six showing, including throwing another touchdown pass, this time to, I believe it was Trevor Pope, just missed Zachary Card with another touchdown pass. Then, so this was just, uh, this was without pads on, um, just a couple, no real live hitting sessions. Then they went to 11 on 11 live hitting. With the live hitting, Bengal Branson had one really nice play where he rolled out and hit Silas Bolden. With the twos, DJU had a couple big plays, but then did throw another interception and missed on a screen pass to Valdez, throwing the ball at his feet. Um, and then again, threw an, over, an overthrown pass that was intercepted by junior safety Ian Massey. Moving over to the threes, Aiden Childs gave up a big sack on first down, but then once again made a play with his legs, firing a pass to Zach Card for a big 30-yard game, continuing the connection those two have had through the first two practices. That pretty much continues. They did another set again. Aiden Childs throws a uh, just misses. I'm sorry, Karshawn Boshima fell incomplete on a deep pass that would have been a touchdown. According to them, again, they said, this is direct quote. Guess who? Player of the day. Aiden Childs yet again stood out in a massive way with a beautiful throw on a go route to, to transfer Joel Valdez, who scored. So I'm sorry, it was Joel Valdez who caught the touchdown earlier. So far, for two days in camp, Aiden Childs is the only quarterback to have touchdowns, and he now has three of them. Don't think that he is going to start right off the bat, but, you know, I look, guys, we pumped him up. We said that he was going to be really good. I know there's some questions of his arm strength. I don't think that. I think he's got a pretty good arm. Just filling into his body. He's young, just turned 17 years old. I think the Oregon State Beavers have a lot of upside in this kid. I'll be very curious to see how long DJU, or if it's going to be Ben Cole Branson, who's still running with the ones, how long those guys hold on to that job. Moving on over to Auburn, uh, not a lot to report here with Auburn. You know, the offense has been looking somewhat good. Hugh Freeze has them moving with this uh, quick style offense. Uh, so with the ones, it was TJ Finley, Jarquez Hunter, and then the wide receivers were Javarius Johnson, Camden Brown, and Nick Mardner. With the twos, Robbie Ashford, Damari Austin at running back, and the wide receivers were Coy Moore, Rivaldo Fairweather, and Omari, Omari Kelly. With the threes, Holden Grenier at quarterback, Sean Jackson at running back, and the wide receivers were Jay Fair, Micah Riley, Ducker, and Witt Johnson. Um, one interesting note from this, uh, um, they actually, I believe, have their spring game coming up soon. They're about to hit spring break. This was the last practice of that. Um, Hugh Freeze actually has them practicing their celebrations because he wants them to be able to, you know, do team team celebrations if that's what they want, but get it done quick enough that they don't get a penalty. So found that interesting that they were practicing that. Moving on over to NC State through the first full week of practice, while well, it looked like there was a quarterback battle early on, and MJ Morris apparently by reports looked good in the first practice. 
As the week went on, Brendan Armstrong has looked like the overall best quarterback in the room. Still no real standouts at wide receiver. Moving on over to Miami. So they have not yet had a padded practice. They are three spring practices in, and Tyler Van Dyke is not showing any signs of his shoulder injury that kind of you know, through his second half of the season off there. Um, he's looked really good. He has come out and said that he believes his shoulder is about 90 to 95% healthy. And again, there has been no sign of that, according to all the practice reports. Ja'Kari Brown and Emery Williams are battling for the backup spot. Brown has added some bulk, which has helped him look a little bit impressive there in the running game, harder to bring down. Um, but his accuracy still needs to improve, according to the reports. Um, Why they say he brings plenty of elite traits, uh, that position just cannot be taught. When you move over to Emory Williams, his accuracy has looked the best in the drill work and has been extremely impressive early on. Um, when they started practice, his accuracy struggled a little bit, but then it just flipped right back around. There are a lot of people who believe Williams might redshirt this year, but he could eventually push for that quarterback two spot if Ja'Curry Brown doesn't take a step forward. Moving on over to the running backs, and both Corey Pereira and Austin Nace tweeted this out earlier today. Trevante Citizens recovery from a knee injury sustained a during fall camp as setback after the 2022 season. We have reports early on that he was not going to be here for spring, but that is definitely bad news to hear that he had a setback after the season ended. That is not at all what you want to hear. They've still not given any real update after that. So obviously a little bit concerning for a guy that we had a lot of hope for. We thought he was going to be really good. I believe he made our tier one at running back last year in our freshman supplemental guide. But having a setback at the end of the season is is honestly really not good for, for that. Let's hope we get him back in fall camp. Don Chaney is coming off a hip injury, and he has been a little bit limited. Parrish, um, the leading returning rusher, hasn't practiced in full pads yet uh, this spring at all. So he is also wearing um, – I'm sorry, Chaney is wearing a brace. This this running back room is just – it's a decimator right now, and it's not looking good. Move in, uh, Mark Fletcher and Chris Johnson are expected to enroll um, in the summer. So we probably won't – we will not see either one of them until the fall. For the wide receivers, Colby Young and Isaiah Horton have done a nice job um, kind of building in that strength and conditioning, cutting down body fat, and building muscle. Young particularly has looked capable of possibly being the wide receiver one for the Hurricanes this year, according to the reports. Jacoby George is working as the first-team wide receiver right now and has made strides as well. Xavier Restrepo will likely be retargeted more heavy in this new offense with air raid principles being installed by Dawson, Rashard Smith, and Nathaniel Joseph bring in depth at the slot receiver position. At tight end, Jaleel Skinner is working with the second team for the most part, but has made strides in adding bulk to his frame. And Elijah Arroyo will factor heavily into the offense this year, but is still recovering from that knee injury. Moving on over to Florida State, they had their first padded practice, and it was their last practice before spring break. Both Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson connected on a couple big plays in this practice. Wilson specifically looked good when Travis was targeting him. Trey Benson has been a standout at running back in the first few practices, had a couple impressive runs in this last practice. At Florida, Graham Mertz continues to impress in practice. He has really separated himself already from Miller, showing a lot of pocket poise and not 
failing when the pockets start to get muddled. In fact, the reports are that he's shown great pocket presence and footwork, even with defenders around him. It should be interesting to see if that keeps up. The big name that keeps popping up here, though, Florida, this is the third practice in a row that one freshman wide receiver, Andy Jean, has been mentioned. His footwork and speed has been on another level, and the lack of depth at the wide receiver position could lead to some early playing time. In fact, the report was, and I already forgot his name, so I apologize, but the wide receivers coach and the speed coach for Florida was pretty much yelling at every wide receiver. And was when Andy Jean started, he just stopped and kept promoting and talking about how great Andy Jean looked. He has apparently impressed him. Billy Napier has talked glowingly about Andy Jean. I don't know that this means he'll be a starter day one, but a name you definitely need to watch out for. You know, we did not have him super high in the freshman supplemental guide, but there's not a lot of competition there at Florida. We we saw how bad that room looked at times last year. You know, Ricky Pearsall probably is the only one locked into a position. Andy Jean being praised for his footwork and speed could see some early playing time with Florida. Next up, SMU. Jordan Curley and Romello Brinson are showing real connections with QB Preston Stone, and they have been by far the best wide receivers in camp. Curley, the top standout. So definitely a name to watch with an offense we expect to be pretty good. Uh, him and Preston Stone have just apparently connected, seem to have this otherworldly connection, according to reports. Moving on over to BYU, Keaton Slovis has reportedly looked good and slaying the ball all around. Take that what it's worth, guys. I, you know, I, I know how we all feel about Keaton Slovis, but he is getting a rave review. So right now, Aiden Robbins, who transferred in from UNLV, and obviously, and Isaac Rex, who was one of the top kind of sleeper tight ends last year, a guy that we all liked at BYU, are both likely out all of spring. Wide receiver Parker Kingston, tight end Ethan Erickson, and wide receiver Hobbs Nyberg have been getting a lot of reps, and all three of those seem to be working well with Keaton Slovis, specifically Parker Kingston. So names to watch as we kind of don't really know what this BYU offense is going to look like this year. Moving over to Missouri in the last school of news for today. Cook is still out recovering from that shoulder surgery. Horn still dealing with an upper arm strain from the baseball game. They were hoping he was going to be back earlier this week. He has yet to make it back on the field. So uh, Garcia continues to get the first team reps. He has been up and down, and but there has been more good than bad, and the good has actually been really good. But Backup Dylan Label has been pushing Garcia. He seems to grasp the offense and the speed of the game, and it doesn't seem to affect him. He's been praised quite heavily by head coach Eli Drinkwitz. Running backs uh, Nathaniel Pete and Corey Schrader continue to battle for the starting running back spot, but neither seems to be pulling away from each other. Last but not least, Luther Burden and Mookie Cooper continue to impress at wide receiver. It looks like both are poised for um, improved receiving seasons this year. So that's going to do it for us today. We're going to be back hopefully two more times this week. We'll dive into some other schools that may be on spring break, but I haven't had a chance to really get to and, and, and find some reports for. We'll dig a little bit deeper into those probably on Wednesday. Until then, everybody have yourselves a great day. We'll be back again soon. 
What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, March 16th. We're in the middle of March Madness, but let's be honest. All we really care about is college football. We have got some more spring camp updates for you guys. A lot of schools kicking off. We're going to talk about those that have already kicked off, those that are coming over the next couple days, and about four schools with some spring camp updates. All right, before we get to the schools um, that I was able to get some notes on, I just want to let you guys know, so since the last time we went live, Cal, Stanford, Georgia Tech, Eastern Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, South Carolina, Pitt, Middle Tennessee, Virginia, Utah State, Ball State, ECU, FAU, Arizona State, Penn State, Western Michigan, Michigan State, Old Dominion, Nevada, Buffalo, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest have all kicked off their spring camps. And in the coming days, we got South Alabama, Colorado, Memphis, Central Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Syracuse Navy, Oklahoma State, and UCF. So we're going to have some really packed reports, hopefully, over the next coming days with all of these schools really getting into it. And this doesn't even talk about all the schools that we were talking about earlier, the Texases, the Ohio State, Cincinnati, Washington, oh man, who am I forgetting? Florida, a lot of these, USC, a lot of these schools are on spring break this week, so there has not been any updates. All those come back, and a lot of them are going actual into actual padded practices. So hopefully within the next couple weeks, we're going to have at least a couple days, we're going to have a lot of spring notes for you guys. So for today, just a couple schools. We're going out to the Pac-12 for a lot of these. Is Arizona, who I just mentioned earlier, has opened up theirs. Jaden Delora has weighed in at 211. It's a 30 pound difference compared to what he was at last spring, where he weighed 182. People were worried if this was going to affect his legs and his mobility. Well, in the first play from scrimmage, Delora took off for a 20 yard run and didn't look any slower. So we'll see what that means for him. Obviously, you like your quarterbacks to be heavier. We we saw all the narratives around Bryce Young this offseason with him being 180 pounds, Delora being weighed in at 211 and not really looking like he's lost any mobility is definitely a good sign. Uh, Noah Fafita, a guy that I was really big on last year, um, was in drills as well, um, participating with four-star freshman Braden Dorman, who I do also like was running with the threes. Uh, both looked impressive. Uh, Fafita, definitely more mobile than Braden Dorman. Dorman is going to be your typical pocket passer, but I really think fits this offense. I'm, I'm really going to be intrigued to see how that battle shapes up the rest of this year, if Dorman can at all pass Fafita, or if it's really a battle going into next year. Because as much as I loved Fafita last year, Dorman, I think, is a better quarterback and probably a better fit for this offense. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how that shakes out. Um, and in the whole water is wet narrative here, Jacob Cowling by far looked like the best wide receiver in, in day one there for Arizona. Not surprising. Uh, obviously, a lot of us hoped and thought he was going into the NFL last year or this for this draft. He did not. Um, I imagine he's going to have a really good spring. Not much else was said even about Tet. Uh, McMillan to Tetaroa McMillan, who I, I love. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver as well, but I imagine he's going to be very good. Moving on over to the SEC with Georgia. So the big thing with Georgia is this quarterback battle between Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, and Gunnar Stockton. Um, we only saw, or at least I shouldn't say we, I was not there, but the reports and, and the people that were there only really got to watch mostly handoffs. They did not get to see a lot of passing stuff. But in that, the first team was Carson Beck with uh, Kendall Milton as the main running back. Second team was Brock Grand, 
Grander Griff. Brock Vandergriff, who was handing off to Branson Robinson. And this is the, the fun one. So the third team was Gunnar Stockton, who I think is probably the best quarterback in the room, but he was handing off to Andrew Paul. That's right. Paul is back. He is still wearing a knee brace, returning from that ACL tear last fall camp. Hopefully we get to see more of him. Uh, just a couple players I wanted to, to note that were at practice and did have a couple standout moments. Roderick Robinson, the freshman, along with tight end Lawson Lucky, both were there and looked good. And then transfers, Rara Thomas and Dominic Levitt were also there. So great to see all those guys who Georgia has kind of brought in this uh, offseason, all there in practice already and participating. Moving back over to the Pac-12, we're going to talk a little bit about Oregon. So not much was taken out of this camp. Um, we did get to see that Bucky Irving, Noah Whittington, Jaden Lamar, and Jordan James are going to be the main guys on kickoff return. And on punt return, it is going to be Tez Johnson, Troy Franklin, Chris Hudson, and Cole Martin. The main note that was reported by On3 24-7 and a couple of the Oregon beat reporters. Um, it was like the Duck something. I don't remember the exact paper. Uh, but a couple of places talked about freshman quarterback Austin Novosad. Um, the reports were that he had noticeable zip on his passes in the brief portion of practice that they were able to see. He looked better than Bo Nix, Ty Thompson, and walk-on quarterback Marcus Sanders. Um, they said it looked like he just threw the ball with ease. I mean, if you guys have been listening to us, you know that I, I've mentioned that since I saw him at the Elite 11 in Dallas this year. I, th I think he's a really talented quarterback. You know, I really think it's – the interesting part is obviously going to be where does he end on the depth chart um, when fall camp gets here and that because Ty Thompson, you know, I think, I think if he was going to transfer, he would have done it already. So I think he's sticking around. They're not, he's not beating out Bo Nix. Bo Nix is going to be the starter, but can Nova said jump Ty Thompson at some point and possibly be the future going forward, knowing that this is Bo Nix's last season in Oregon. We'll see. Uh, I do think he's a very talented quarterback. I, I, you know, great relationship with new offensive coordinator, Will Stein. I think he would fit well in that offense if given the opportunity. Moving on over to Penn State, Drew Alar, Bo Pribula. I'm sorry, I probably pronounced that wrong. And Jackson Smolik were all looking good in passing drills to the end zone. Alar showcased the best touch, dropping multiple throws to the back pylon while all three were hitting um, the back shoulder. Um, some required a little bit of zip. It looked like, according to these reports, that Bo's arm looked better than Alar's and Smullett. We'll see how that plays out. I don't think this is at all a battle, but I think Drew Lars Drew got a fairly strong arm. Just interesting to hear that 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 Bo has a possible stronger one, at least according to these reports. Um, the only player that really stood out was redshirt freshman Tyler Johnson, um, who was doing a lot of stuff in the drills and making a couple big catches. Um, deep passes going to Malik Miega. Keandre Lambert-Smith and Harrison Wallace III during that practice. Um, Looked like Wallace was tracking the ball the best out of those three and was really being able to use his speed to get under some of those deep passes. So there's a couple little reports from Penn State, not much. Back over into the Pac-12. This is going to be, a, I think, a little bit more interesting for some of you. Arizona State. So Jaden Rashada is there. He is on the sideline. Uh, reports where he's working to learn the offensive language, specifically in certain periods of the practice, um, as he just arrived. So Trenton Borgo, 
looks to be in the best physical shape of the three of them and gets the ball out quick, specifically to Jacob Conover, who seemed to have a good connection with. Um, Drew Pine was also fairly accurate getting the ball out. Um, it looks like this is going to be a battle between those two with Rashada clearly in third, possibly even fourth behind Meredith. We'll see. Um, as he was just learning the offense, he did not take any snaps at the practice today, but it really looked like this battle is going to be between Borgo and Pine, which we probably expected. Um, I wouldn't expect we see Rashada at all unless Arizona State's just out of it. It is intriguing to have him in the Dillingham, off, Dillingham offense, though. At the wide receiver position, Xavier Gilroy has really been talked about in the two practices. I'm sorry, and the practice today because of the way he was able to separate with not only his speed, but size. And they said he has just this natural playmaking ability. Um, he will likely be playing on the opposite of Elijah Badger. Um, and again, they felt like Xavier looked the best. They are very excited, though, about two transfer wide receivers over the past couple of years in Jake Smith and Troy O'Meary, both who are in camp and looking healthy for the first time in their careers. Jake Smith made a nice one-handed grab in practice. And Troy O'Meary, I'm just going to quote what was put here, looking like a physical specimen, specimen, extremely long-limbed with great size. Uh, Mel Melquin Stovall also was making a couple plays. Running back. So if you got the freshman supplemental guys, you'll know about this player. I did not know anything about this guy. I learned about him from the freshman supplemental guy. Cameron Scadabo comes in as a very thickly cut 220 pounds. He is... By all reports, a north-south guy, but looked good in practice. They were using D. Carlos Brooks for his quickness and kind of mixing him in. Uh, they said he looked almost as big as Scadabo, but both those guys were taking the and splitting the reps. Um, but Tevin White also looked good, and some people believe he actually looked like the best back there was catching the ball smoothly out of the backfield. So we'll see. Looks like kind of a three-horse race there for Arizona State. I know some of the guys – um, over at the website, really liked Cameron Scadabo and his transfer up to Arizona State. Last school of the day, we're going over to East Carolina. And Mason Garcia got all of the first team reps, followed by Alex Slim with the second and Raheem Jeter with the third. Marlon Gunn Jr. got the first crack at the running back position. Um, it looks like, according to the reports, that he has elevated his muscle mass and looks like an even better version of himself from last year. Um, reported earlier this offseason, Jalen Johnson will be moving into the slot, and they are expecting he will be the most targeted player early on in practice and possibly moving into the season. Him and Garcia just seem to have this connection and rapport, while Kerry King and JSIA Hatfield were working as the outside wide receivers, with Ryan King working in some, and, you know, got mentioned as looking fairly impressive. So that will do it for us today on this short version of the spring camp reports. I'm going to try and do another one on Friday, uh, a little bit more in depth with all of those schools that just started practice over the past two days. Uh, you know, some of those practice reports take a little bit longer to get kind of pushed out there. So I'm going to try and go in and look at a bunch of them as well for Friday. And then, well, I mean, we might be doing them three, four times a week as well. Uh, again, next week with a bunch of these teams opening up, but that is it for today's spring practice reports. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, turn that bell icon on so you don't miss any of the spring camp reports. And we'll be back again with you guys tomorrow.
What's up, everybody? Matt here, back with another episode of Spring Practice Reports. We had a couple schools start up this weekend, a couple that started up today on March 20th, uh, but not a lot of news is unfortunately some of these schools refuse to let people in to watch. So we have to just kind of go off the little bit that we got, but there's still a couple schools that we're going to talk about here on Monday, March 20th. We've got to start with Colorado. Uh, the college football world is a buzz, obviously, with everything going on in Colorado, right? Deion Sanders shows up there. Their spring game is going to be televised, I believe, on ESPN. When you have a bunch of other big schools not even getting that treatment, they're going on ESPN2, ESPN3, ESPN, the Ocho, all over the place. And for all that talk and all that coverage, unfortunately, didn't get a lot from their first spring practice. Uh, Dion has been praising, however, new offensive coordinator, former Kent State head coach Sean Lewis for his up-tempo offense. It is definitely something that I'm looking forward to watching, having Shador Sanders back there at quarterback. Got probably true freshman running back Dylan Edwards getting a decent amount of carries there. And then wide receiver slash defensive back Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn Jr. at the wide receiver position. This could be a very fun offense in that high-tempo Sean Lewis uh, style there. And that is who's really gotten most of the praise. On top of that, Dion has come out and said that he's going to make every player earn their number. But he has praised Jimmy Horn Jr., the transfer wide receiver, who I do think probably has a chance to have at least a decent season here with Colorado. I mean, they did not have much in there besides Jordan Tyson, who got injured late last year. I was not able to find anything if he's back and fully healthy in practice. Obviously, they also have Travis Hunter, former number one player overall in the recruit rankings, is playing both defense and offense, I will be honest. I'm excited just to watch Colorado football, just to see what Hunter looks like, to see him against P5 competition playing defense and offense. You know, they get that game against USC early on. How insane would that be if he picks off Caleb Williams and then, like, on the next drive, ends up scoring a receiving touchdown? I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Travis Hunter alone. You know, I know Colorado is getting a lot of hype because of Deion Sanders. It well-deserved. He is a disruptor of the sport, and I think it is a lot of fun. But I'm really excited to watch Travis Hunter, if I'm being honest. Just, just to see him play both sides of the field. It's been a very long time since we've been able to see a player do that, and I think he's got the talent to do both if he wanted to. So I am excited, but I should not, again, pass up that Jimmy Horn Jr. was getting a lot of praise from head coach Deion Sanders. Sticking in the Big 12, or I'm sorry, they Colorado was in the Big 12. They're now in the Pac-12. Going over to the Big 12, we're going to talk a little bit about TCU. So we know Max Dugan is gone. He is headed to the NFL. Well, last year, quarterback Chandler Morse technically beat him out for that starting job, even though he did kind of get Wally pipped after losing it, um, getting injured. Well, him and Party threw passes today with the ones. Uh, the reports were that Morris looked better. He had a couple really nice throws, some good zip on them, mostly to wide receiver Savion Williams. Speaking of Savion Williams, he is moving from the Z to the X, much like Quentin Johnston did last year. And Williams did seem to have a pretty good connection and some pretty good chemistry with Morris on day one. With Williams now at X, Jordan Hudson has moved into Z. He looks more physical than he did last year, according to the reports. And, and this is the interesting one. 
Blake Noel, who I honestly I, is not like a big thing here for us, but Cordell Russell was getting snaps at Z. They had JoJo Earl in the slot. He apparently looked incredible out there in day one. They said he looked a lot like Darius Davis wearing that number 11, but they were moving him all around the offense. He also had a pretty good connection with Morris. JoJo Earl, a guy I think could have a really big year this year. Really intrigued to see what he looks like. Again, they're moving him all around the offense, but was starting in the slot. On over to Tennessee. Score another win on the position changes for the C2C crew. Wide receiver, quote-unquote, Cameron Selden has come in but took all of his work with the running backs. Now, he is still listed as a wide receiver on Tennessee's depth chart, but our recruiting team predicted that he is going to be a running back, much like we predicted Emmanuel Henderson last year, who was going to be a running back for Alabama. We predicted we'd be moved to wide receiver. He has been moved to wide receiver. Selden looks like he is going to be moved officially to running back. At least day one, he took all of the reps with the running backs. Oregon transfer Dante Thornton worked mostly out of the slot behind Squirrel White, and apparently both of them looked really good. But the one that probably impressed the most, it sounds like, was Caleb Webb, who was unfortunately working behind Raymond Keaton or Ramel Keaton in the outside receiver position. Um, there wasn't much difference between the two, but there was uh, some reports about Caleb Webb making some nice catches. And the hope for a quarterback battle here in Tennessee doesn't look like it's going to happen. Josh Heupel quoted said that uh, Joe Milton has elite traits. Um, and I don't think that Nico is going to have much of a shot at winning this job, although we've all kind of talked about that. You know, Joe Milton came in, had a very good game against Clemson, looked like a completely different quarterback, if we're all being honest. And if he can get that out of Joe Milton, there's no way Nico starts unless they lose like four games. Maybe then Nico comes in, uh, but it does seem like Nico is definitely going to be the two as they really don't have any other scholarship quarterbacks on the depth chart. So all it takes is one injury. We could see Nico come in and possibly Wally Pip Joe Milton. But while Hypo has kind of come out and said there is a quote-unquote quarterback competition, I find that very hard to believe when you're out there talking about Joe Milton having elite traits. I just don't see how there's actually competition there. So Nico probably sitting year one. Going on over to Alabama, this is one of the teams I was hoping to get some information on. We're, we're obviously dying to know about this quarterback battle and everything going on there. Well, Nobody was allowed in practice week one or for, for day one. Now, there were people doing everything they could to get pictures. Um, there were some pictures taken. You can go find them 24-7 sports on three. The only thing to really come out of here was that Jalen Milrow was seen taking the snaps with the one. So right now, you know, take that for what it is. I do think this is going to actually be a quarterback battle. I don't think we're going to find out the answer to this till after fall camp. You know, I would not be surprised if Jalen Milrow starts the season for Alabama. We really don't know that much about Tommy Reese. Uh, he's only been an offensive coordinator for a couple of years. You know, he's had Ty Buckner. He then had Drew Pine. Neither one of those guys, I think, have the talent that Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson has. Um, for me personally, I would think they'd want a guy like Ty Simpson due to just kind of the questions they have all around that offense. But if they're not expected to pass the ball a ton because there's a lot of questions on that wide receiver court, maybe they do go with the Jalen Milrow. It's got to help the running game. That is, I think, a strength of Alabama right now with with the running uh, with Justice Haynes coming in. You've got Richard Young as well. Chase McClellan looks like he could have a, a big year. So 
Roydell Williams is still there. Could be a big bruiser for them. That They've got some decent running backs there, and the wide receivers are a question mark, so maybe they do go with Milrow. But as of right now, looks like Milrow is taking the snaps with the ones. On over to Texas A&M. Not much listed on the practice, but they always do a really good job of giving you the depth chart on the day. So with the ones, no surprise here, Connor Wigman. Uh, but the running back was Amari Daniels running with the ones. Wide receivers were Noah Thomas, Moose Muhammad II, and Evan Stewart. No real surprise there with Donovan Green in at tight end. The twos for today, Max Johnson was the quarterback running with the twos with Le'Veon Moss and Ruben Owens splitting reps. That's the more interesting one, right? Because those are the two we expect to probably be the starting running backs for Texas A&M at some point with Raymond Contrell, Micah Tease, the true freshman, and Aeneas Smith running with the twos. Jake Johnson running with the twos at tight end. Only a couple more schools left here, guys. Michigan State, uh, not much to go off of here, but head coach Mel Tucker has come out and said that this will be a QB competition in camp. Kind of surprising. I, I don't really know how to take this. Uh, Peyton Thorne has been the starter you know, I I would think Mel Tucker's not just saying this is lip service. Maybe he is, as he doesn't want to see any of these guys transfer out. So right behind him, you have junior quarterback Noah Kim, who did see some time last year, and redshirt freshman Kaiten Hauser. Hauser was a guy I was big on last year. I had him ranked fairly high in my quarterback rankings um, out of St. John Bosco. Dual threat quarterback as well. Uh, Sam Levitt, who we all love here on the recruiting team, is not on campus yet. He will not be there until summer, so I don't think he's really in the quarterback competition this year. I personally would love for them to go to Hauser or even Kim, just because I think we know what Thorne is, and I think it's fair to say he's not it. Maybe that will happen. I, I don't know that I believe this is really a quarterback competition. I feel like Tucker's saying this just to keep these guys in the room as he doesn't want to lose them in case something happens with Thorns. We did see Thorne get a little bit banged up, but I would love if he is being honest, and this is an actual quarterback competition. Last school, Arizona, and there wasn't much to come out of this one. Um, a couple wide receivers, Tet McMillan made a couple plays, Jacob Cowling, we already know about. There was a true freshman wide receiver looking good, and I forgot what his name was. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Jackson Holman, who they said looks more like a tight end out there when he's playing. Um, he's a big guy, but they were moving him all around the formation. I'll be very intrigued to see what he ends up doing. They said that he was really kind of challenging uh, safeties at the catch point. Um, and by far looked like the best wide receiver or freshman wide receiver with the group running. Uh, the real main takeaway for me was Jonah Coleman, a guy that I talked a lot about last year on the spring camp reports. He was he impressing the coaches a lot. They said that he is even bigger this season. He has gained weight, but it also seems to have gained speed as well. It was noticeable when he got into the open field. He was able to run past defenders, juke defenders out. There were defenders bouncing off of him. They said that his lower body strength was incredible. The fact that he was able to add weight and possibly speed, again, it's just what they're saying. Um, a lot of people are expecting a major jump from him this year, probably being the starting running back. So Jonah Coleman, Got a lot of hype last year. We didn't get to see a lot of them. I'm excited for him. I hope he's able to take a step forward this year for Arizona. That'll be it for today. But, guys, we've got a ton of teams opening this week. I mean, just off the top of my head, I know Ole Miss opens tomorrow. There are a ton of others that I'm forgetting all opening this week. I'm very excited to see kind of what some of these schools look like. You know, a lot of schools are taking spring break and – 
they're spacing these out. So for those of you who don't know, there's you're allowed 15 practices through spring. So some of them do theirs very early, get them all out of the way, some space them out. For instance, Oregon, weirdly enough, only did two practices, and now they're not practicing again until April 4th, and then they're getting them all in before their spring game. So it, it's a little chaotic trying to keep up with all these. We're going to hit a bunch of them as often as we can. Minnesota. Uh, Illinois, Ole Miss, Colorado State, West Virginia, Baylor, Purdue, Utah, Texas Tech, Western Kentucky, Notre Dame, uh, Texas State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Marshall, all those opening in the next couple days. And then we get full into spring madness as we lead up toward the end of April with these spring games. So we're, again, going to be doing these at least three times a week to try and keep you guys updated as much as possible. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. Hit the bell icon so you don't miss any of these videos. And make sure to stick around. If you're watching this on Monday, our C200 initial rankings release drops tonight. Jump in and join us live.